This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sal Capaccio, WGR, Matt Bove, Channel 7 WKBW-TV in Buffalo, and Jenna Cottrell, 13 Wham in Rochester. You can find her on Buffalo Plus as well. All right, so there has been a wide range of bills. If they're either if they're taking a step back, how much that step has been back, where their window is. I saw something from ESPN today, ranking them the third best roster, but then I saw Bill Barnwell have them at 20th overall with supporting cast. So, Jenna, where do you fall on where the bills were last year and where they've been the last couple of years to where they are now, what the window might be and if it's closing or not. I mean, I think you have Josh Allen, your window is open. I mean, I think that's how it works. Just the talent that he is, but I totally understand why there is that fluctuation between three and 20, because I feel like it depends on how you rate these players right now. You look at Stefan Diggs, what he has been, obviously the player he is um, the way last season ended. There's an error and there's a cloud of, uh, uncertainty I feel like with what will transpire in terms of on the field and how that will look how that chemistry how that bond will be then you have Gabe Davis another player who you know didn't perform the level he wanted to last season will he have a bounce back year will he have a breakout season and I think when you look you know Sean McDermott taking over the defense there are a lot of question marks I think the Bills have done a good job of addressing the concerns going into the season, but at the same point, I, I understand why some fans as well feel like the AFC is crazy. Now the, the looking at all these rosters and the other players on other teams and now the jets, I mean, the talk about the dolphins, it's a little scary out there. So I feel like it is a bit of an arms race. I'm curious to see how the season will pan out. And I, I, I have high expectations once again for this Bills team. I think we all do, but I know that it's going to take Ken Dorsey taking another step as well. What will that offense continue to be? So I can see why there's a, that spectrum and that fluctuation between the two rankings because there are a lot of question marks on this Bills team and will things continue to pan out and continue to get better? We don't know that yet. I think it's... It, oh, go ahead, Sal. No, I wonder though, is that... A lot of it is what you said, Jenna, which is the rest of the AFC has gotten better, right? So it's yeah. easy to say and look at it that way. How much of it is it that the Bills really haven't? Because if you look, and I did a, a chart the other day, Matt, of players in versus players out. There's a serious argument to be made. They're better on paper right now yes. than they were other than age, right? Especially health, they will be better. But there's an argument there. So I wonder how much of it is people just kind of thinking, hey, the Bills are eventually going to do this. But look at the AFC versus, hey, I actually don't think they're as good. I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think that they got 
a little bit better this year, and they just did it in a different way than they did last season. Last year, they got better because they made this one really big splash, and they went out and signed Von Miller. And then after that, it was a couple just like, I don't want to say replacement-level players, but depth guys who really did not play that much. This year, they added a lot of guys who I think are going to make an impact. Leonard Floyd, Connor McGovern, Puna Ford, Trent Shurfield. Like, the list goes... Uh, Damian Harris like they added guys who I think will get notable playing time this upcoming season you lose Tremaine Edmonds so I think you take a little bit of a step back there I think the whole like are they closer to three are they closer to 20 thing I'm probably somewhere in the middle I think they're top 10 but closer to 10 than they are to one I don't even think they're the best roster in the AFC East I think the Dolphins have a better roster than the Bills do top to bottom but wow but the Bills have the best player in the division at the most important position in all of pro sports. So I would rather have a team like the Bills roster than the Dolphins roster because you have Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Like I think back to all of those teams that the Patriots, they were incredible. Like there were years when the Patriots had really good rosters and there were Patriot years when the Patriots had pretty good, okay rosters, but they always had Tom Brady. And that's one of the reasons why they were always competitive. I think like Jenna said, for as long as the Bills have Josh Allen, they will be a threat to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the gap has closed a little bit with some of the other teams in the AFC East. Like I think Miami, especially like defensively, I think their roster has always been talented, but they just weren't being led in the right direction. And now you get Vic Fangio. I think that's a bigger addition than Jalen Ramsey is. I think Vic Fangio will make a really big difference for that team. So you look at them on defense and then you look at the Bills and the Dolphins have some really young, young players who are going to make big impacts this year. And then offensively, obviously, they've got Tyreek Hill. They've got Jalen Waddell. Maybe they end up getting Delvin Cook. But the Bills have Josh Allen. The Bills still have the best player. And that's why they're still the favorite to win the AFC East. And they're still one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you think about that statement, Jenna? The Dolphins have a better roster top to bottom. I don't agree, Matt. I would say that if they... If you went 22 for 22, I could maybe. I should have probably. Go I, sh- I should have probably said that. There's no way to me. I should have probably said starters. Because now that I'm thinking about it more, the Bills have exceptional depth. And right. I know that that's really, really important. I guess yeah. if you're just looking at your 11 starters on offense and your 11 starters on defense. So I, I misspoke a little bit. I do think I the Dolphins you. might have better starters. The Bills have an all around better roster, though. But I hear what you're saying, Matt. Like, I think there's absolutely the argument for that case. The the thing that works out best for the Bills is they have their guy mm-hmm. at quarterback. There are no questions about it. There's no, okay, you know, Allen, I mean, even with the injury last year, things weren't going his way. You know, you saw him put the team on his back and all of those things in various spots. So I, I hear what you're saying in terms of it's getting – before, a couple of years ago, it was like, this is the Bills division. If 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 they don't win it, something went terribly awry. Now it's like, look, this should be the Bills division, but you can you can make a case absolutely for why the Dolphins could win it or why the Jets could win it, and that's where it, it becomes different in this season. But I, I hear you. I mean, what's like the joke? Like I feel like for friends, it's like they talk about like a dude-off between teams in terms of can you list the star players on this team? And I could totally get why on the Dolphins you're listing all these players and maybe, you know, the voices outside of Buffalo, fans outside of Buffalo, you know, you have Allen, you have Diggs, and you have Von Miller. But after that, it's like, okay, like some of these other guys maybe aren't as familiar. But look, 
I am excited to see what this season and how it unfolds because the level of competition in the AFC East yeah. is at a level we have not seen in quite some time. No doubt about it. Um, when you look at this roster overall for the Bills, obviously they have some every team. I say this all the time, guys. I say what what fans generally do is they focus so much on their team and they pick apart all these little things. They don't realize that every team has problems. Every team has holes. Every team has questions. You have to look at every team very critically. But when you do look at this roster, Jenna, is there an area where you have a little bit more of a question and you say, you know what? I don't know what they're going to do there. I need to see what that's going to look like. Maybe right now I could pick out that that's the weakest part of the, of the roster. I'm just curious to see in terms of middle linebacker, like yeah. Tremaine Edmonds, obviously the talent that he was, you know, him now leaving and the hole that that kind of opens up and, being the quarterback of the defense, you know, do you go with the rookies? Is it, or is it Terrell Bernard or is it Tyrell Dotson? Or, you know, I, I'm, I think that will be, you know, worked out early on in camp. Like I could see guys taking, you know, one day it's one player, maybe another, I think they want to preferably give it to a younger guy and have him develop into that. Um, but that's something to me where that's a big piece of the defense. And I think when you look around the other parts of the defense, you're like, okay, you know, you have Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer coming back. These other spots, Tredavious White should be hopefully at the level that we've seen him be. Can Kair Elam, you know, Christian Benford, what will that, or Dane Jackson, what will that look like? Um, but to me, it's like middle linebacker is just a spot where when you look at the defense, that to me is what will that be? Because that is, something that has a massive impact and Tremaine Edmonds, whether you loved him or hated him, he played his role and did his job in Buffalo. Yeah, I get it. He's a super rangy guy. First round pick. You wanted him to make those huge plays. Um, but will the bills be missing him this upcoming season? Who will step into that role? That to me on defense is just someone that I'm like, or a spot where I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I, I want to see how it plays out. And I think we'll know early on in camp, and get a good feel of where that position will go from there. Yeah, I mean, I could see every one of these guys getting a shot in each preseason game. I could almost see, Matt, like you could have three preseason games they're going to have, and you could have Dodson start one, and Bernard start another, and Dorian Williams start another. I, I think this is going to be a long play. We might not know who's starting there literally until they run out in the field against the Jets. And if anybody thinks that's crazy – that's what happened last year at corner, guys. I mean, yeah. we didn't yeah. know who was starting against the Rams, and it was Christian Benford over Kyrie Elam. We had no idea until game time. Yeah, you kind of set me up for it, though. I think that middle linebacker is going to be the thing that's talked about the most, and rightfully so, because Tremaine Edmonds was such a name and because there are a lot of questions. And like you said, this could play out all the way through the preseason, and we might not know until week one. I'm a little bit more concerned about the corners, though, than I am actually about the linebackers, just because I know Tredavious White looked a little bit better as the season went along last year, but he still never to me looks like fully healthy Trey white. And I know that injuries, especially in his position, take a little bit longer of a time to come back from, but it's not just him. It's him. And it's Kyrie Elam is Kyrie Elam ready to take the next step? Because if he doesn't win the job, it'll be a disappointment. Even though you like Christian Benford and you like Dane Jackson, like, those if those are good options in case of emergency, in case you have to break glass and somebody gets injured. But if you roll out into the season with Tredavious White and some questions with him, and then either Christian Benford or Dane Jackson, I think you still have questions as the position at a whole. And then you have a lot of questions about the guy you used a first round pick on last year. And I even thought when he played, he looked pretty good last year. So 
I don't get the hesitation for Kyir Elam to ultimately go and win the job, but it feels like there is still some hesitation there from like talking to the coaches during the spring and like these workouts. It's like, yeah, this is very much still a competition, which is weird to me. I don't exactly get why. And that's why I just feel a little bit uneasy about that particular position and really the group as a whole. I guess I don't feel the same way. I mean, I hear you because you're like, who is this? Who is the starter opposite Trey White? We're just plugging in Trey White and thinking that he's going Mm -hmm. to be at a level that is advanced from where he was last season dictated by the injury. But I feel like I feel like they loved Christian Benford, which I hear you. It is kind of an indictment on what they saw from Kyir Elam, considering Benford's what a sixth round pick. Um, but I feel like there's two good options there. And I think the way Kyir Elam was playing at the end of the season left a lot of signs of success. And hopefully he can build off of that heading into the year. I guess I don't, I feel like this bills team is built kind of back to front. And I, I, I feel like, I have faith that Elam or Benford will figure it out. Will that put a lot of pressure if it's Benford that's the starter and Elam kind of trails off? Absolutely, <laughs> considering all the assets and capital, draft capital you used on Kair Elam. Um, but I feel like what Elam did at the end of last year, I have faith that either if it's Benford or it's Elam, that level will be at a top-tier type of play level. I think they, they were – they weren't expecting Christian Benford to just be as good as he was barring before the injuries. You know, what's funny is you, both of you were talking about this. I think Dane Jackson starts opening week. No way. Okay. That's really interesting. Though. Really? Yes. I don't really. Oh, I, I, I think there is a, there is so much circumstantial evidence about what this team feels about Dane Jackson and what they feel about the guys they trust and where they are right now. And Sean McDermott, now the new play caller, I don't think they've shown any evidence that they completely trust Kyer Elam. Now, I could see Elam or Benford absolutely winning the job by the end. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But right now, like you tell me, who who's the starter there? Who do you see? I think it's the guy they trusted. I think it's the guy that was corner one to start last year while the other two were battling out for corner number two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Dane Jackson. I, I think I might put him fourth on the list, which probably I'm in the minority on. I think it would go. Wait wait a minute. Let me ask this. This isn't a question of how you feel. It's what we think the staff will do. Right. And you think fourth. You're right about the staff point, but I don't know how much was influenced by Leslie Frazier and how much of that mirrors Sean McDermott. Now I'm sure that Sean had a very big say, if not the final decision, even when Leslie was here, but Maybe Leslie was the guy banging the drum for Dane Jackson. We don't know the answer to that. And we won't know the answer to that until they roll out whatever their starters are. Or honestly, we'll probably get a good gauge once the preseason gets here. If like Dane doesn't play, like if Dane is one of those guys in the vet group, that's just not active at all, then it might be like, okay, they're ready to roll with Trey and Dane. I think Dane Jackson is a very serviceable player. But in my opinion, just from what we've seen the last couple of years, I do not think he has the upside that either Elam or Benford even has. And I think right now, with the roster that you've built, you need to be getting the upside and not the safer bet. Okay, wait, Jen, I want you to chime in on this because I want to be clear here. I don't disagree with you, Matt. I'm just telling you what I think they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't I don't disagree with everything you just said. If it's up to me, I'm going with the upside. You drafted Kair. Christian Benford showed you a lot. I just, Jenna, don't think the staff is going to do that. I think Sean McDermott likes the guys that he knows and trusts, and that's Ben Dane Jackson. 
I think last year it made sense with Dane filling in for Trey because he had been in the system. It was a guy that kind of had more, he had more experience. These guys were rookies coming in, but I feel like after last year playing, getting to see the field, I feel like that level of trust, it's gotta be higher, right? Like for Kyrie and Christian Benford. So that's why when you look at the intangibles and I, I, I agree with you, Matt, like the ceiling is just different for Benford and Kyrie. Um, So that is the upside. I think, I think it's going to take time for you to feel comfortable having one of those guys be the starter over Dane. But I think at the same point, that's something you're okay with in the beginning of earning that trust because just what the potential is, is so much greater for them. Maybe I'm naive to this and I would like to think Sean McDermott, I have said on the podcast several times, I think Sean McDermott taking over the defense might unlock a new level of potential that the entire group has not reached. I think they've gotten a little stagnant. I think they've been good and they've been consistent, but they haven't played to their full potential the last couple of years. And in my mind, I would like to think that the defense going into this year, not just from personnel standpoint, but just from like a how you approach a game plan standpoint is going to look a lot different. Like, I Mm -hmm. think that this year should be about, like, whatever we've done in the past that has worked, screw it. Like, we need to figure out something this year that is going to put us over the top. We need to be able to – because, I mean, quite frankly, there's kind of a sour taste left in the mouth of every Bills fan who watched the playoff game against Cincinnati in the first half when they were just getting torched defensively. They did not lose that game because – of just their defense their offense scored 10 points they lost that game because of everything they just got outplayed on both sides of the ball and they got out coached but for Sean McDermott who has always hung his hat on defense I think he looks at that game and he looks at some of the struggles they had in the second half of last season and is like okay we need to be different and I think the personnel moves that they've added this year kind of show that like adding Taylor Rapp that guy did not come here to just be a backup. Yep. Adding Leonard Floyd, even though you're probably pretty confident that Von Miller will be back relatively soon because you want to have a rotation of him, of Rousseau, of Miller, and going out and adding Puna Ford because you realized in that game, you got taken advantage of because Daquan Jones didn't play. And like, if Daquan Jones is the reason why you're losing a playoff game, like, like that's a problem. And he wasn't the only reason but he certainly was a big reason. So I think their whole philosophy on defense is going to be different this year. And I think that starts with Sean McDermott kind of taking over. And that circles us all the way back to what Jenna said about middle linebacker. I'm really interested too, Jenna, like what they envision there going from a guy like Tremaine. It's I I keep hearing the words matchup linebacker, right? Like more guys like Matt Milano, you could have like three Matt Milano's on the field, essentially like guys like that. And, not to take anything away, Matt Milano's an all-pro, but yeah. you know maybe they're going to go in a different philosophy. Maybe we see Taron Johnson come off the field, put another linebacker on the field who can cover, and another linebacker on the field as well. Maybe that's the kind of thing we see. Taylor Rapp, three safeties. I'm, I'm definitely interested, but I'm also interested in your thoughts on the offense since we haven't really talked about that. So let's do that, and it's always game day in Buffalo.